Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Pathfinder podcast on the planet where we ask hard questions like why is swallow hole such a common trait in pathfinder monsters someone at paizo really really um likes funny. that funny 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 i we make this joke a lot it's a recurring bit i don't control which monsters do that you guys you control what monsters appear. Yeah, you I do. Don't. And you They're control the whether book. they do that or not. Okay, so I put down a T-Rex, and you're telling me it doesn't try to eat you? Yes! It's yes. putting itself at a, it, Oh, am I supposed to put myself at a tactical disadvantage? Just, okay, so I can avoid... No, dearie, what you're supposed to do is do that attack, but don't fucking swallow us! Make it like huh? a, a, a double extra super bite or something. Oh, a double extra super bite that restrains you and digests you every turn. Yes. <laughs> Is that what? Yes. Okay. I feel I feel that no matter what, this is just my legacy, and there's nothing I can do about it. Your I bet boy. the other Pathfinder. I bet the fucking guys that roll for combat don't have to go through this. I bet yeah. the guys in like Glass Cannon don't bully their dear sweet Troy Lavalley for doing this. Yeah. Well, you're not them, and we're not them. So fuck okay. off. <laughs> <laughs> Would we like to play some Pathfinder? Yes. Yes. Okay. Sure. Previously, in Fists of the Ruby Phoenix, our heroes teamed up with Winter's Roar to fight off a huge number of frost drakes in the Ice Fang Airy, a towering pagoda from which many race drakes across the city launch. However, it was soon revealed to be a ruse put on by the drakes and some of their sponsors. The Radiant Winds spent some time speaking with the sponsors, discussing with them, and getting to know Winter's Roar a little better. Once they left, however, they discovered that the city of Goka had a new set of villains on their hands. Lord Ryong and Lady Yi, two tieflings who had previously assassinated the Ruby Phoenix herself, are now on the loose through the city, and goodness knows when they'll show up again. At Mahasami Takahara's behest, the heroes headed through the never-ending market, picking up some nice items on the way, and into the Undermarket, where they will meet with Hiroshi Takahara, Masami's teacher, father, and most importantly, a Golden League Yakuza boss, um, who will get you in touch with the criminal underworld and maybe tell you uh, what's up with this whole uh, convicts on the run situation. Uh, we ready to rumble? I like to rumble tumble. Okay, well, let's Very rumble, ready tumble. to rumble. Mm-hmm. You find yourselves 
in the undermarket. Masami, Shuji, and Sanku, and Lolo. <laughs> the three of you are walking down a narrow alleyway that opens up into a long, sprawling street. Um, as you walk, you are guided by uh, one Fei, a weapons crafter from a far-off land, hint, like, probably the River Kingdoms, um, who is uh, Masami's contact with the Golden League and also a safekeeper of a path into the Undermarket. Uh, to remind you, the Undermarkets are essentially a second city beneath Goka. Uh, these long, sprawling tunnels have been filled up with vendors and, um, you know, crime syndicates like the Golden League and some worse ones. And the deeper and deeper you go, the more and more likely you are to find cults and tunnels to the Darklands and all sorts of scary stuff. Um, so... You guys uh, had slipped through with uh, Faye in here, and uh, we'll get we'll get into conversation here. But uh, as you're all walking around, you can see there's all sorts of strange folks. Uh, you see a man who is like uh, bending over some wares, and he turns and looks at you, and he's wearing four different masks at different angles around his head, each of them kind of haunting looking. Um, you can see a Zulgat is on top a giant spider and kind of like sitting there uh, smoking a hookah and looking very content. Um, I love them. A few shady merchants are nearby uh, hawking off all sorts of illegal stuff like poison and drugs and you think that might be... What is that? Is that like a, vet a lettuce? That can't be illegal. Oh well. Um, uh-huh. This is an innuendo. It's an actual head of lettuce. You're not sure why you're selling it. Um, <laughs> Masami, Chuji, and Sanku. How are you all doing? Um, Chuji, you're still invisible, but not for long. Mm -hmm. uh, you cast invisibility to get in here instead of disguising yourself. But um, I don't think people will very much so care about you being here. It's more if people see you getting in or getting out, that's a problem, you know? Yeah. Uh, Masami, you're like disguised as a... Uh, Minkai and human with a crew cut. Uh, no fox eyes, no cool tails. Uh, you're wearing like a, a marsh green robe that you uh, bought. Uh, mm -hmm. Sanku, you're a regular human boy who is also mm. an undyne, but... Okay, then you're not... He's not a regular human boy at all, but mm. he is a regular boy. Yeah, you don't have a cool uh, outfit on. Uh, you've got a, a hat that's hiding your face, kind of, because your horns are sticking through it. And uh, Lolo's here, and Lolo's an old man. Mm -hmm. And uh, standing beside you, uh, Masami, is Faye. Uh, and Faye is the one who got you here. Uh, so I'm going to drop you into character, and uh, you guys can discuss as you're seeking out the Golden League HQ in the Undermarkets. Senku sort of leans, leans over to Masami, and, and hopefully Chuji, and, and he's like... <laughs> you don't know which direction Chuji's in. <laughs> and he's like... Is it, is it really normal for there to be this much crime going on in one place? Yeah. I miss my fishing village. <laughs> Very quickly figure out where Chuji is. Literally right behind you. Uh, because they put their hand on Seiku's shoulder. Yeah. Like, it's literally a black market. <laughs> You're Faye invisible. Faye looks around <laughs> and says, Yeah, like being honest, uh, today's actually a fairly slow day. There's, you're not yeah. even seeing any of the cannibal cults up here. 
Oh, I don't miss them. I don't miss them. Yeah. They're regulars? Don't let any cannibal cults near me. Don't worry, <laughs> Senku. I'll fight them off. And Faye kind of looks about and says, Yeah, no, um, I mean, listen. I've no idea why... I Okay, I understand why Masami's here. Not really sure what's with the, um, the rest of yous. You're not exactly, like, regulars of the underworld, right? Like, if the cannibal cult is freaking you out, there's much worse than that. What? I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty cool with them. Yeah. Stop being cool with the cannibal cult. They're not eating me. Why would I not be cool with them? Because they're eating people. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're not very good business partners. I'll say that much. <laughs> they're not very good business in general, but don't yeah. let them don't let them hear me saying that. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you'd like to end up on the menu. Uh, it looks like <laughs> we're just around the corner now. Uh, all good? You're, you're, do you want me to come in with you, or, like, what's the plan? Um, well, it's still basically business hours for you, so I don't know how long your lunch break is. Uh, it's fine. Um, the never met in the market. Like, I'll, I'll miss out on some profits, but, like, let's be real. Hiroshi keeps me on retainer, so it's not like I'm gonna be... I, I don't think I'm gonna see any difference in my income, you know? <laughs> Lucky bitch. <laughs> Maybe you should try it sometime. <laughs> Good one. Yeah, I, I'm just saying, you're the one who said no to the deal, so, uh, you know. Zilly dally shilly shally. Well, if you want to come, come along. If you want to see us get our ass kicked. Oh, are you going to fight Hiroshi? I'm watching this. <laughs> there is going to be some, like, goings on that it's going to, there is going to be some news that you are going to hear. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to fill you on in later anyway, so yeah, I guess it's good for you to come in. Oh, yeah, I'm, come on. I'm an information broker, that's what I do. That's uh, fair. Right, everyone, well, welcome. And she kind of turns, and it's the sleaziest looking little house built into a sewer you can imagine. Uh, um, and she points and says, welcome to uh, Hiroshi's branch of the Golden League. Um, one of many, many, many. Uh, although this one honestly has the best employment benefits, so. And uh, she kind of gestures, and she's like, if you'd like to enter. Okay. Uh, And enter you do. There's a lot of... I want to say it's kind of got casino vibes to an extent. You know? Like a lot of like wine reds and golds. A lot of flashy art. And, um, you know, a lot of people. Uh, Some, a lot of them you can tell are very obviously Golden League members. Um, you know, uh, like a few of them are wearing... uh, telltale colors. Uh, some of them have like very prominent tattoos. Um, and as you're entering, a woman kind of like steps up to you. And Misami, you know her. This is Hitomi of Clan Hasu. Um, Hitomi is a kitsune. Not that she would easily let you know that. Uh, she is always hiding it in her human form. Um, she has the vibes of... She's like a, a middle-aged one. Um... She wears kind of geisha-adjacent clothes, but because, you know, she used to be one. That's something you know about her past. She isn't anymore. And you don't know a whole lot about her history other than that, but you know that she is a damn good businesswoman and kind of scary sometimes. Sounds about right. She kind of approaches you all and she smiles and says, Masami, I would recognize you in any form. How are you doing, sweetheart? Might as well drop the act then, huh? You can't hide from the Golden League, baby. But <laughs> Oh, I know. But your friend here, who is this? 
she she looks at uh, you, Sanku. Uh, Lolo is staying behind uh, you, kind of like watching carefully, ready to protect you if needs be. Uh, Sanku's like, uh, hi. Hello, you must be Sanku, Witch Prince of the Sea, right? Yeah, that's, yeah. Good to meet you. It's and nice you, to meet you, she looks at Lolo, must be Shi Chuji. <laughs> um, You're older than I expected, but hey. Uh, uh, she hears, like, a snorting and laughing from, like, nowhere. She turns and immediately, like, fucking, like, punches in that direction. <laughs> no, no, I'm no, going to no, make no, an attack no. roll. Oh, okay. I'm going okay. to make an attack roll. Uh, <laughs> okay. Does a 32 hit? No, it doesn't. She punches in your direction and she pauses and says, who's that? Whoa, uh, it's... <laughs> I'm Chuji. The I'm, actual yeah. Chuji. This is Lolo. I just haven't... We were, we were just disguised. Hello, I'm a dragon. <laughs> right. Yes. Familiar things. I see. Well, you're here, I presume, to speak with Hiroshi, right? I can't imagine yeah, exactly. there's any other reason that someone who's not part of the league would come down here, right? She kind of wins. And have them risk life and limb while we're in a tournament? Absolutely not. I would have brought back... I would have been here with Faye myself. Um, yeah, we're here to see Hiroshi. Well, you know where his office is, darling. I'll leave you to uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. And uh, do stop by on the way out. I actually... I might have something for you. Keep that in mind. Thanks. She steps out of the way. And uh, you guys uh, can push deeper into the Golden League HQ. And you know the vague direction. Uh, yeah, you know the direction to Hiroshi's office. You've been here, like, countless times, Masami. Yeah. <laughs> so you know which way to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Faye kind of stands and, like, nods and says, You know, I'll, I'll come whenever you go. And uh, Lolo nods and says, Lead the way, friend Masami! Okay. Uh, Masami kind of, like... They kind of have to be careful not to lose Misami in the crowds because they kind of just weave through the people, like they almost like they've been here many many times when it's crowded. Shit. <laughs> well, into Hiroshi's office you go. Um, he is behind a desk, although his uh, positioning is not one that betrays any sign of formality. Which is to say, he's got his feet kicked up, you know? <laughs> hmm. And uh, he is uh, reading through a newspaper when you enter. And uh, he looks up and beams. And he kind of puts his paper down and uh, gets back up to the table. Elbow, elbow, boat on the table, leans forward, and he grins says, Hey, kid, holding up good? Well enough. And I see you bought some friends here. I know you, Sanku, but I don't know uh, who's the old man. That's Lolo. Hiroshi, it's me, Lolo Sadagat. We've <laughs> met several times before. Hmm. Where's Chuji? He's in uh, right now. I think it wears off front, probably as soon as he says that. Oh. Well, I can hey, see clearly up? now. Hello. He pauses and says, uh, was that your idea of a disguise? Yeah. <laughs> It was pretty good, right? You didn't recognize me because you didn't even see me. Yes, but how are you going to leave? Fuck. <laughs> I I have some invisibility stuff on me. It's fine. Thanks. <laughs> well, no offense, but I don't want anyone to see me come out in or out of here. 
Uh, no, I don't want anyone seeing any of us coming in or out of here. We're kind I of also tournaments. really don't want that. Yeah, that's why I had the disguises in the first place as Misami reverts back to their usual form. Uh, and Hiroshi kind of grins, and then he looks to Misami and says, First things first, how much do you know? Uh, well... Like, are they in or are they out? Out. And you want to keep it out? Yeah. Alright, if that's what you want. He turns back to you guys and says, Now, to what do I owe the pleasure, then? Actually, something that? That you something you and Faye might want to know. As they plop down the wanted flyer on his desk. <laughs> he snort laughs when he sees it. Do you know what happened at the tournament yes, that got I'm these two in? Very aware. Um, and do you know whose guard that they were in, whose custody they were in? Yeah. Yes, I do know. Have they had many slips like this, especially after you know, killing the Ruby Phoenix? Well, I'll tell you one thing, Masami. If this is the only reason you came down here, then you're going to be so disappointed. Oh, I mean, Chuji also asked for a fight, so... Oh. Fuck yeah. Well, I would ho was hoping to uh, take you on, Masami. If you, mean, if you want to take me on, too, then that's fine. I did promise them an ass-kicking, and Faye wanted to see it, absolutely. <laughs> I think Hiroshi stands for a moment, and he looks at you, Chuji, and he looks at you with a... I don't want to say a thoughtful look, but it looks like he's figuring something out. Mm-hmm. Getting scared, old man? <laughs> he pauses and he puts a hand on your shoulder, Chuji, and says something like that. Um, <laughs> you mind if I hold off on doing you just yet? Sure. Get your, uh, uh, get your faculties together before I uh, beat you to dust. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and he, he turns to you guys and says oh back we're not fighting in my office there's too much stuff in here that's too easy to break <laughs> and he like oh I know from experience he points and he nods and says he, he, he I think he turns and looks to you again Chuji mm -hmm. uh, and he kind of like leans over to you and whispers it's all in good time but trust me on this okay do you want to make a perception check? Yeah. Secret, please. Of course, of course. It seems that the way he's speaking, Chuji, means that fighting you would undo a plan of some sort. Oh, And you don't know what okay. the... Like, he seems to be planning something, and if he fights you, it won't work. Yeah, Chuji uh, actually gives him a look. Uh, they don't say anything, but... That's weird. Uh, but he does not return that look. He just walks out, slipping past Masami. He's a big, strong guy, but he moves fluidly. <laughs> and uh, he is going to take you guys out back. Uh, you leave the... Um... Oh, God. The lag spike again. What the fuck is happening? Why is it happening for you guys? I don't know. Um, he leads you out back uh, into a uh, another empty tunnel. Uh, this one is much quieter, um, and you see a few other Golden League members kind of like chilling nearby. 
and you're like, okay, that's why no one else is coming out here. Uh, because this is Golden League Grounds. <laughs> um, but he uh, guides you all into this um, empty tunnel, and he uh, kind of cracks his neck a little bit uh, as he uh, stands back uh, a few feet, and he says, um, Do either of you want to be the judge of this fight? Make sure none of us cheat. He winks. Uh, sure. I'm pretty perceptive. Alright. Well, you know how to start a fight, right? The hand waves, the uh, ready fight, all that stuff. I'm sure you've heard it enough on Danger Island. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> um, and Hiroshi turns to you, Masami, and says, Same rules as ever? Same rules. Uh, he, he turns to you and he smiles. He bows a little bit. And, uh, Masami, you and I are going to quickly roll initiative. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, we are going to enter a one-on-one combat. And there are rules for this. Uh, we are going to have a duel. Unlike regular combat, you roll initiative every turn. And you have three rolls you can use for initiative. Intimidation, deception, and perception. And these kind of act like a rock, paper, scissors against each other. Um, you have a reaction you can make that is based on what you rolled initiative on. Um, and if the other person rolled the thing that your initiative is weak to, you get a special powered-up version of that reaction. Uh, and don't tell me we're gonna... Because it's kind of like rock, paper, scissors. Okay. Uh, take a quick look at these reactions. Does that kind of make sense? Okay. Okay, I think I got it. We good to go? Yeah. So, KK, you and I are gonna roll initiative, and uh, we're going to uh, not say what we're rolling between intimidation, perception, and uh, deception, but just for context, intimidation beats perception. Perception beats deception. Deception beats intimidation. Whoever rolls higher will still go first no matter what, but the special reaction you get gets powered up if you get a strong match. Okay? Mm-hmm. So make that first roll. Okay. Uh, that's a... So you rolled a 38 on perception. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he also rolled a, tr- uh, a perception check, so no matches this time. Your boat fully aware that the other person is uh, a scary person. So both of you kind of, like, are watching each other before lunging in. However, Hiroshi does move first. Uh, he is going to start his first action by entering Stumbling Stance. Um, now, Stumbling Stance is a, a stance usually used by drunken master monks. However, obviously, Hiroshi is not a drunk. I think his stance is that he doesn't even try to look like he's fighting. He's kind of standing very casually, uh, like arms crossed, uh, shifting a little bit every once in a while, scratching the back of his head, like he isn't taking this seriously. Which he very much so is, because the next thing he does as he lunges at Yimasami is he makes a uh, flurry of blows. So he's going to attack you twice uh, with a stumbling swing. Um, That is going to be a 49 to hit, Masami. That's a crit. (laughs) I told you he was strong. Yeah. No, Masami uh, knew. So Masami, that is going to be 20 times 2. That is 40 damage. All right. And then for his second attack in his flurry of blows, he's going to uh, make... That's a 50 to hit. That's also a crit. Okay. Uh, that is going to be another 48 bludgeoning damage. Uh, that's going to be 60 damage to you now. Uh, you are at how much HP? 73 out of uh, 173. Holy fucking shit. Jesus cool game guys I, I'm glad you had fun <laughs> uh, 
as he uh, punches you twice, I think his last action, he just uses a deception check on you to see if he can kind of, like, uh, faint you. Uh, mm. Does a 38 beat your pers- uh, your will DC? Yes, it does. Okay. Uh, so he faints you. He kind of, like, punch, punch, and then he goes for another punch, but, like, sidesteps, and he's back standing very casually, folded his arms, and says, So, what is this group named? Uh, Devil's Jews? They're a H-pop band from Hong Kong. Yep, that's them. They say, fucking holding their side. Um, <laughs> so I think after those that punch, Masami's a little reeling just a little bit. Like they're kind of used to this mm-hmm. <laughs> at this point, but at the same time, they're they're still like good enough to keep going. Um, I think they spell strike an electric arc. Okay. Or at least they try to. All right, go for it. <gasps> Not 20. Oh, uh, yeah. You know what? A nat 20 is a fucking hit. And you're going to get a spell crit card for that. Mm. I think he wasn't taking you seriously enough. I think this actually fully catches him off guard. Um, So, roll me that damage total. Of 32. Plus the damage of electric arc. Double of 26. That's 50, 52 plus 32. That's going to be uh, 84 damage total. Wow! Mm-hmm. Um, you, like, wail on him like that. And he kind of stumbles a little bit. Um, caught off guard, but he, he, you know, very quickly straightens himself. Uh, and you have one last action. I think they're just going to try to go for a... They're going to see if they can go for a faint. <laughs> but... Heh. <laughs> um... I mean, it's worth a shot, right? Yeah. Damn, 31. A 31 is unfortunately not going to do it. Uh, he, You start trying to feint him, and he just like raises an eyebrow as you see. He, he doesn't move, he just watches you do it. And he uh, cracks his neck a little bit and says, I wouldn't worry about those two whatsoever. Here's the thing. They didn't even get to Goka. As, before the rant starts, I want you to make me another initiative check. And it can be perception, deception, or intimidation. Okay. Okay, he rolled Intimidation, you rolled Perception. Um, Meaning that Masami, as he is uh, rushing you, uh, you are going to be frightened too. um, Because he is really, like, getting up on your ass as you're doing this, you know? Yeah. Uh, But on the other hand, uh, with your sense weakness, he's going to be flat-footed against this next attack. And the next thing he uh, does is he sweeps for your legs. Uh, does a turny tree beat your fortitude DC? No. Ooh, okay. He tries to trip you up, and then he shrugs and rushes forward with another stumbling swing. Uh, that is going to be a uh, 44 to hit. Hit. Um, 24 damage. Okay. Uh, he decks you hard, and uh, he kind of then goes back to kind of casually walking and he starts like walking around you he's not even like this is he makes a step he's not doing anything he's just pacing around you as he speaks the guard was uh, the sound the alarm was sounded when the ships were uh, only a few days out from sea by the looks of it they escaped while they were still mid-voyage but they were not stowing away anywhere on the ship uh, and now uh, we're gonna roll initiative again I should have done that before shit uh, so, I'll paste this back in. So, Masami, it's your turn. He's left foot. 
All right. Uh, they're going to take one action to go into Arcane Cascade. Okay. Uh, electric power surges through you as you prepare to uh, fight back against Hiroshi. Uh, then they're going to spell strike chromatic image. Ooh, fascinating. Okay. Make you that attack roll. 47. Oh my god. 19 is just a hit. Jesus. Yeah, unfortunately, 47 oh. is just a hit, not a crit. God damn, alright. Uh, roll me that damage, though. Alright, that's the damage for that, and then. Chromatic I- image, what does that do exactly? So, chromatic images, um, you call for three illusory images of yourself, and each of the four of you takes on a different color, all shifting each time as someone attacks. Uh, it has the same effects as mirror image, except that whenever a foe destroys one of the images, uh, roll a d4 to see which color the image was when it was destroyed. And there's red, orange, yellow, green. Red does uh, 5 fire, 5 mental. Orange is 5 acid, 5 mental. Yellow is 5 electricity and 5 mental. And green is 5 poison, 5 mental, and frightened 1. Okay, fascinating. Um, cool. Uh... Chuji and uh, Sanku, as you're watching this, they are like going at it. Masami like strikes into Roshi and does 20 down shim, uh, but he is still, he is barely injured. You can tell Masami is like, you've seen Masami fight a lot in the past. You know that they are a tough fighter, but Hiroshi is like barely hurt by any of this. How are you guys doing as you're watching this fight go down? Chuji, Chuji's loving this. Um, <laughs> yeah? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if um, if Chuji's ever seen them fight before. Maybe? Has, have they kicked it? I don't think so. No? Um, but Not they've really. heard about it, and they've always wanted to see it. Uh, and they've also always wanted to fight him just, uh, themselves. Uh, but seeing it in action, seeing him in action is really exciting for them. They're kind of geeking out a little bit. <laughs> Thank you. How about you? Uh, Tinko just thinks that they're very cool fighters. Um, he, 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 he doesn't He's not as... They're hitting each other. Senkus <laughs> thinks it's really cool when Masami casts a spell. <laughs> yeah, your magic bias is shining true. Uh, Lolo is behind you both and says, Watch closely, you two. This is how a real master fights. I'm paying attention. I'm paying attention. Are you, Chuji? <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> Kick his ass! Okay. Uh, okay, Masami. You've got this defensive buff up now, which is very clever. Um... I now need you to uh, roll me initiative one more time. Okay. Oh, the roll. Damn it. <laughs> Sagos. Uh, okay. Masami, you rolled intimidation and he rolled deception. And unfortunately, he's read you like a book. Um, and once again, his thing is going to mean that you're actually going to have a... You're going to have to roll twice on your first attack roll. Um, you're going to have a adva- uh, disadvantage on it, basically. You're going to have to roll twice. And the second one will have a minus two. But he now has several colorful Masamis. Uh, how is it... I know you love your Shadow Clone Jutsu. Is there anything special about how this is looking? Or are they just four different Masamis? Actually, I think Masami goes into like Kingdom Hearts-style shadow form. Ooh, okay. And all of their shadows, and uh, their, since they're in Arcane Cascade, their shadows kind of dance into three other different Masamis, and they all kind of, like, flash into different colors every every uh, couple seconds. Like, there's a tempo to it, but it's uh, almost unpredictable tempo. Like, 
one shadow is going to go every like quarter beat and then another one's gonna go every half beat the ah. other one changes every like um full beat like yeah okay i love it uh and he grits his teeth and says not bad regardless the fact of the matter is that devil's Jews escaped uh, the middle of the sea far away from any land no lifeboats were stolen and they were not stowed away in short he says and he rushes uh with another stumbling swing uh and that's gonna be a 53 to hit i would assume that's a hit but he's going to need to um he's gonna need to roll a d4 right to see if he can actually hit you and not one of the images yeah that's a hit but yeah d4 okay so he needs to roll a one on this d4. That's a tree. He punches through one of the shadows. Uh, and let's see which one it is. He rolled a tree again. So that's what? The Yellow? electricity. Yep. Electricity. Five electricity damage and five mental damage. So he, you can see you've actually... I think, Masami, you, you've left a relative dent on him. I mean, he still has more than 200 HP. <laughs> but he's he's a strong guy, you know? So even pushing him down this hard is quite impressive. He grits his teeth and swings again, trying to catch another one. Uh, and that is a 41. Does that hit Masami? Yeah, that hits. Okay, well, let's see. Uh, he now has to beat uh, your mirror image again. Uh, so he needs to roll a 1 or a 2 on a d6 to be able to hit you. Mm. He rolled a tree. It's another mirror image. Which one's it going to be? Uh, that is a four, so he is hit by green, poisoned, mental, and frightened. Um, this one explodes in a cloud of, uh, smog, and he kind of, like, stumbles back a little bit. And, oh my god, Masami, he's injured. You've actually taken him past into the injured threshold, instead of just being barely injured. Uh, and he raises an eyebrow and smiles and says, Not bad. Like I said, though, fact of the matter is, if they were nowhere near land... They didn't uh, have anywhere to... They didn't steal a boat, and they weren't so away. That leaves only one option, doesn't it? And he punches at you one last time. And that is going to be a 34 to hit, Masami. Uh, 34 actually doesn't hit. He misses! Shuji and Sanku, you see, for once, uh-huh. he actually was about to hit probably the real Masami. But he whiffs. Oh, Masami's shit. actually getting to him a little bit. Uh, Masami, it is your turn. Wait, no. As he, like, pulls his fist back then, he says, Those motherfuckers tried to swim to safety. What? What the fuck? Masami, it's your turn. Okay. Um, they are going to... Yeah, they are going to, uh, dimensional assault behind Hiroshi. Okay, go for it. Now remember, you have disadvantage on this attack roll. Yes. Okay, a 42 would be a hit. And a 40 is also a hit, Masami! Oh my god! Despite him uh, trying to faint you, you vanish, teleport behind him, and actually backstab him. And he let that... uh, Roll me that damage. 21 damage. Very nice, okay. Uh, You're starting to make him sweat. Um, Oh, he is just about under 200 HP. Oh my good lord. I take Masami. <laughs> this may be the most, like, the furthest you've ever gone in a duel with him. That Masami is just as surprised as everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> Masami, you've got two actions left. What do you do? Uh, they are going to go for a distracting spell strike right now. Okay. So I uh, make a feint, and if it works, he's flat foot, which would reduce his AC. Oh, no. 
26, no 26. way, Jose. Uh, he nope. turns around. He, you are not catching him off guard anymore. He turns around and he is watching you directly. Okay. <laughs> uh, but you can still hit. So roll me that, that roll me that attack roll. Okay. That's a 43. That's a hit! Oh, shit. Roll me that damage. What are you doing? Uh, they are going for a telekinetic projectile. Okay, go for it. 28 damage. Okay, and uh, get me that melee damage as well, of course. 21. Uh, Masami, this is crazy. You've knocked him to half HP. (laughs) He is badly injured. And I think he's as surprised as you. Uh, So he grits his teeth and says, Hey, can't have the master being the oppressed just yet. (laughs) I'd be surprised if this is the wind out of you already. Uh, Let's roll initiative. Who's going to go first? (laughs) Okay. It's gonna be him! <laughs> it, that's a mat 20. I won't give an extra round because I think that's a that's kind of crazy to be able to do in a duel. 29 in perception. He's unfortunately going to Yeah, I think um Masami, he that that cry of his maybe startles you a little bit. You're frightened. Um and he rushes you with a stumbling swing, and that is gonna be a 54 to hit. Crit. <laughs> Well, let's see if he can get past your uh, mirror image. He has to roll a d6 and get a 1, 2, or 3. Because there's only one of these guys left. He got a 4. His luck is really bad. Hmm. He explodes the last one, and it's just you. So uh, let's see which one was really you all this time. Uh, Looks like the real one was the red one, because he punches the orange one, it explodes with acid, and he takes another 10 damage. Goddamn he turns back to you, and unfortunately there's nowhere else for you to hide, Masami. He's going to try one more time. (laughs) Uh, That is a 34 to hit. That doesn't hit. Oh my god. He rushes you one more time. 33 to hit. That doesn't hit. Oh my god. Masami, it's your turn. Holy shit. Uh, Okay, so they are... Okay, so he's flat-footed, right? Right? Yes, he is flat-footed. Um... I don't have another spell strike right now, so can I do one action uh, to refresh my spell strike? Yes, you can. You kind of just inhale, exhale, and your arcane cascade flares a little bit. Uh, you got your spell strike back. Okay, then they're going to spell strike back to electric arc. Okay, go for it. It's a 41. Just about a hit. Roll damage. Okay, damage from that is a 19. Okay. Plus the damage from their cast. 26. Hiroshi is actually looking really beat up. Like, he's, I think he's bleeding from his nose. Ooh, and he looks that's surprised. The most that they've had them ble- that's the most like he's, that uh, they've had him bleed. Yeah. For context. Uh, he doesn't say anything. He just raises his eyebrows. And then, without like projecting his attack, he just swings his fist out to try like backhand you against a wall. Roll initiative one more time. Let's see if you can get there before he does. No, he can't. That's a nat 20. Yep. <laughs> That's two in a row. Well, he's definitely going first. 35 on deception. A deception? Okay, unfortunately, Sam, he rolled perception, which means that he knows what you're up to. Let's see if they hit. 42? Yeah, that hits. 25 damage. How does that take you? 24. We are so close to that finishing block. Let's see if he can knock you down past 20. 44 to hit. That hits. Aww. That hits. Yep. Well, with the last stumbling strike, with a 32, Masami, punch, punch, he knocks you into the wall, and you fall. 
and you are KO. Yep. And Hiroshi pants and he wipes his nose a little bit. And he looks down at the blood in it and he... <laughs> hey, whatever they did with you on Danger Island, I guess it taught you something. I think after a second, Masami just kind of like rolls their shoulders back. There is a loud crack. <laughs> and they're like, Well, at the very least, I can take you down somewhat, old man. But you're still not strong enough. No. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. I still have a long road. I still have a okay, long road. Okay, mister, get get over here. I'm healing you. <laughs> um, Chuji and uh, Sanku, the two of you are able to uh, come over to your friend who did really well in that duel. How, how, how are you guys feeling now after what, witnessing the duel to its end? <laughs> Sanku thinks that Masami's family is very <laughs> fucking cool. <laughs> and, and that's how Sanku feels. <laughs> um, I think Chuji's gone up to uh, Mashami uh, while they're being healed uh, and they're like, that was so fucking cool what? I didn't know you could do that me or him? you! oh, yep that's how it happens when I'm on one-on-one with him <laughs> I mean, you were kind of sick as fuck too, Hiroshi don't get me wrong, that was really, really fucking cool He he looks very thoughtful and he, he just nods a little bit. Says, yes, it was cool. But, he claps his hands together. The information you came here looking for. Devil's Jews, don't worry about them. They had to put out a wanted poster because they haven't been found yet, but those two are sinking at the bottom of the ocean after a inadvisable escape attempt. I, I'm not sure if that was the last of them. I just, they, they, I, I don't know. I just have a bad feeling. Well, do either of them feel like the types who could somehow get off the boat while wearing anti-magic shackles and find their way through hours upon hours upon hours of swimming back to Goka? Maybe not alone. Yeah. He folds his arms. What do you mean? Well, Well, I don't know. I just think that it would be really stupid. Not that they're not stupid. They were very stupid. I think that it would have been just a really dumb move to just attack the Ruby Phoenix, who has come back from the dead before to try and kill her, without some sort of backup if it didn't work. What are you implying? That maybe somebody helped him? Hiroshi glances at you, Masami. He doesn't say anything, but he glances at you. He's not making a show of hiding it. He's, like, looking at you. And he turns back to you, Sanky, and says, It's a mystery. Well... Hopefully they don't attack us when we're, like, eating or something. I really doubt that you will see them again. I guess we'll see. Hopefully. Now, so what's the plan now? You came down here and had a spar with old Papa, but do you have anything else you're planning on doing today? I mean, you're Ruby Phoenix contenders. You can't just vanish for a whole day, right? <laughs> what's on the agenda? Um, I Talking was... to more people? <laughs> <laughs> Seeing more things? Doing more non-fighting? <laughs> Lola puts up and says, What about that museum? Chuji, you seemed very excited to, to, to see your exhibit about the Ruby Phoenix earlier. Um, oh, yeah. I was gonna stop by sometime. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess... We could do that. Sure. I like museums. Hiroshi looks at these Chuji. I think he immediately picks up that there's something going on, but he doesn't comment on it. <laughs> he pauses a bit and says, All right. 
Moog, you guys can clear out, but, uh, hey, Chuji, here for a moment. Chuji goes there for a moment. Masami, you can, uh, take, uh, dear sweet Senku here, uh, back to the door, and, uh, Faye's kind of, like, waving and grinning and giving you a thumbs up, Masami, like, don't worry, I still think you're cool. Um, oh, Masami, let's go. Ma- <laughs> Masami kind of looks at Hiroshi. Just get they they just give uh, him a look, and go. You're the boss. He nods a little bit. He puts a finger to his lips, and he turns back to Chuji and waves you over. And the two of you wave uh, walk on out. Senku, you're wa- well. Senku, you're walking out. You can hear Senku go. Masami, I think your dad's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think so too. That's why I. That's why I. He's my dad. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You had to get being awesome from somewhere. True. Uh, I'm gonna DM you a question, KK. Uh, okay. This is such a small thing, but I don't want to make this choice without you. Okay. Just a simple yay or nay will suffice. Or a slay. Or slay. Okay. This is gonna make this even funnier. Um, he leans back against the wall, folds his arms a little bit, and says, You smoke, Juji? I'm sorry, what? Do you do you smoke? Do you want a cigarette? Sure. Trick question. Don't ever smoke. Okay, I thought this was what? <laughs> is this are you teaching me a life lesson? There's always lessons to be learned. What Welcome the to Hiroshi. <laughs> he I mean, can't- he kind of looks off a little bit and, uh, at the background and says, Do you know why I didn't fight you? Uh, is that like a special like dad-kid thing that I am encroaching upon? Not at all. In fact, if it, you were, if it were any other time, I probably would have happily dueled you. Then what's up? I didn't want Masami seeing me beat the shit out of you. He looks dead serious when you burst out laughing. He, like, looks back at you, and he looks, like, killer serious. Oh. Well, I... (laughs) What do you think would have happened if Masami saw me doing to you what I did to them? Uh... I'm not really sure. I didn't think about it like that. Let's put it this way. The kid has trust issues. It's not that they wouldn't trust you in a that kind of way, but more... I don't know if you've noticed, but Sami's going through something recently. I don't think that's a secret to hold. You probably noticed her, right? Yeah. Good kid. I knew there was some brain in you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> what Masami needs to know is that Masami is at their strongest when they have someone else there. I was really badly hurt during that fight, but I still won. If I had been tagged on by you and Senku at the same time, I would have lost. I don't think Masami realizes that their greatest strength is their allies. That's something I need them to understand, because this thing that they're going through, it's not going to be something simple like fighting off me or fighting off some random competitors. You understand that? Yeah, I, I got it. He puts a hand on your shoulder and says, I'm going to ask you something, and this is not something I would just ask anyone that I didn't trust. I want you to k- take care of my kid, okay? 
No, yeah. I... I really care about Misami. I... I'm not gonna let anything happen to them. Even if you knew things that, about Misami that change your opinion of them? They pause. Um... There's not a lot of things that would change my opinion about them. That's the kind of answer I like to hear. Now, another thing. <clears throat> if you breed a war of this, Misami... I'm gonna feed you your own intestines. You hear me, bud? Yeah, sure. He says that with a smile. (laughs) Say what you want. All right. I'm sure you will. But for real, come back down sometime, and I'll teach you how to fight. Hey, you're a monk, right? You do stances and stuff? I do. Check this shit out, and they'd like get into a stance. Which one? Uh, uh, Fleming. Hmm. You ever do jellyfish stance? the fuck is that? I'm sorry? You gotta stay limber. You gotta stay hard to keep a hold of. You gotta slap out as far as you can, as hard as you can. How about this? You come down <laughs> to training, I'll teach you some jellyfish sand stuff. I hear you've got, uh, you've made enemies with a grappler. This'll be something that'll help you out with that. Hey, thanks. I'd really like that, actually. He grins and pats your back hard. Now go out there and pretend we didn't have a serious conversation and we just talked about jellyfish stance. You got it. And uh, Uh, he nudges you on. And you have now unlocked the Ruby Phoenix exclusive stance, jellyfish stance. Fuck yeah. (laughs) And Masami, by the way, you technically always had access to this, but just as a heads up, you've unlocked uh, the Golden League Shun archetype. Which gives you a few extra Golden League abilities, like uh, rope mastery and some dirty tricks. <laughs> I think Masami's going to need rope mastery. Okay. All right. uh, you guys meet up with Faye, and uh, she smiles as Hiroshi is tending to his wounds and leads you out. And she says, uh, well, that went actually much more impressively than normal. Yeah, Masami was pretty awesome. Masami raises an eyebrow at her. Hey, no offense, like, but, like, normally you're all, like, going in with the offense. Uh, that trick you pulled with the, um, mirror image actually was really impressive. Fair play to you. Faye, oh my god. Is this genuine praise coming from you? <laughs> hey, fuck off. Do you want me to be rude? Because I'll be rude. <laughs> you fucking hey. shit on the floor at the end. <laughs> hey, I'm giving you sh- I, You know how it is. I give you shit, you give me shit. This is, a, this is a, this is a trade deal that we've come up with in the very in the long long they put a hand on her shoulder long time that we've known each other. Okay, and man, I, I'm just gonna go out and say these two have definitely like at least dated in the past, right? There's no fucking way. Uh, friends with benefits. Okay, yeah, that makes sense from a Jesus, Masami Anyway. Uh, you guys move out of Hiroshi's office uh, back to into the rest of the Golden League HQ. And uh, as you're moving, uh, you are stopped by uh, Hitomi of Clan Hasu, the uh, Kitsune who stopped you at the door. And uh, she smiles and says, Radiant Winds, hold on, hold on, hold on. Greetings, how are you doing, loves? How'd the fight with Hiroshi go? Oh, have, did you hear the crack from my back all the way up here? If you did, then yeah, that was me. <laughs> that sounds about right. But don't yep. worry, I'm sure you'll get him one day. I was close. Close. They were really close. So, Ruby Phoenix contenders. Yeah. The competition certainly is fierce. She kind of whistles. 
quite exciting that's double elimination uh, this year though that means that even if you lose the first round you're still in the running it that's might even true. be easier that way come to Tinkerfish. that is if you're in the loser's bracket from the get-go you just have to beat bad second-rate teams at, until the very end not a bad deal right as a matter of fact she continues and i think she puts a ch finger under your chin chuji uh, this is silly, but have you made any bets on the outcome of the tournament yet? No. Uh, Chuji mm. smacks her hand out of their face. <laughs> she, she she retracts it. She goes to you, Sanku, and puts finger on your chin. <laughs> 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 I have made bets, that is. And let me tell you, there is a lot of money to be made. It's actually quite the coincidence running into you here today. Because I made a pretty hefty bet, and I mean no offense by this, that your team would lose the first round of the tournament. Oh, come on. Why tell me, you can't tell that? me that you thought that we were gonna. You can't. Look me in the eyes and tell me, come on. No, Fuck no. You. I mean, I, did, I don't think you'd lose under normal Outright. circumstances. Uh, wait, normal? What? Oh, I'm just saying. Hmm. Getting, getting a better look at you, I'm having my doubts. What the fuck are you trying to say? Alright, I'll drop I'll drop the act. If you throw your first match, I'll give you a cut of my earnings. Twenty thousand gold. Kill yourself, actually. Fuck you. No? You're not you're not interested in twenty thousand? No, I'm not fucking interested in your money. I'm interested in winning the tournament, jackass. Get out! But did if you lose the first match, like I said, you only have to beat the losers the whole way up. Easy peasy. Yeah, we're not doing this. Wanna, we're leaving, actually. I, Come on. I don't really want to lose. Uh, I just don't want to lose on purpose. Well, then don't lose on purpose. But um, keep the offer in mind when you have your first match. Uh-huh. Chuji's leaving. <laughs> yeah, Chuji, you're gone. She sighs dramatically and says, Oh, Masami, the company you keep, they're not even willing to do a little bit of fun. Trust me on this, Hitomi, when it comes to losing, both of them are a little sensitive. Hmm. Fair enough. But you'll keep it in mind for me, won't you, darling? <sighs> I've known you for very long, so yes, I'll keep this offer in mind. But love just know you. that it's... Love you too, Hitomi. Just know <laughs> that it's very slim. We'll keep it open. Open. Got it. And she steps out of way and lets Sanku and Masami uh, move along. We're gonna like double. We're gonna like double in Chuji. We're gonna. We're gonna like. We're gonna. We're gonna win so hard that that it that it'll be stupid. <laughs> Bet your ass we will. How are you guys doing as you're leaving the? You're like on your way out of the deep markets now. Um, this is not the kind of place that Chuji or Sanku you're used to by the looks of. Yeah. I mean, no, Senku's from a small fishing village. <laughs> there, there is no, there is no underground markets there. There's, <laughs> there's just regular markets. And they sell fish and rice. <laughs> they do sell those things. <laughs> um, Chuchi, how are you holding up? Um, I honestly, the only reason Chuchi was okay going underground was to see Hiroshi. That's it. Mm -hmm. Um, Chuchi really. I, I wanted to make mention of it earlier, but I didn't get to. Um, mm -hmm. But Chuji really does not like the Golden League, <laughs> no matter what. How come? Because of the cheating scandal. Were you worried just there that you're going to get swept up into another one? 
Yeah. Honestly, extremely ballsy of them to offer that, considering what happened last time. Literally. And Chuji's in a really sour mood now. <laughs> uh, Faye guides you up to the uh, out of her shop and says, Oh, uh, throw a rug on Chuji or something. We don't want him being spoiled. Uh... Well, uh, one second. Wasami shifts into their bag. And what do you pull out? The dust of disappearance, one of their two. Oh, shit! You got one of those? You can sprinkle on Chuji and they'll go yeah. well, no problem. I I have two. Uh, yeah, they gave one to, Ch- to Chuji. Okay. Uh, Chuji, you are sprinkled and uh, you're uh, invisible and able to make your way back into Goka. Wonderful. How um. are you all doing now as you step out? Lolo uh, kind of smiles and says, Well, everyone, I think that was an educational uh, time. You all learned that crime doesn't pay. Thanks. That was a good lesson. You also learned that middle-aged men are the most dangerous opponents. <laughs> I, I, if they were part of a crime league, then yeah, of course they're gonna be dangerous. What? The old men in the league are dangerous. You should have yes. seen Hiroshi's boss went back when Hiroshi was a jobber. Hmm. I can't imagine Hiroshi as anything except for a boss. Yeah, really. <laughs> Yeah. In my in my head he just sort of spawned as as an adult with a job. <laughs> just spawned out of nowhere. Yeah, like 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 he just poofed out like magic. I could probably believe that if he said that. Yeah, I feel like he, I feel like that could be true. Wow, I feel like I would believe be him. A, that would be an insanely good practical joke that he could pull on you and <laughs> <laughs> Hey. <laughs> listen. Listen. It would work. He'd be the type to pull that kind of joke on you. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of that's already. No. <laughs> um, as you emerge into the uh, market, uh, you can see that like the sun is starting to set, but it's not so low that you couldn't do something else. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Lolo turns to you all and says, "Well, everyone, we've had quite a busy day. We've explored the city. We've bought fine wares, including your very cool holographic hand wraps, Chuji." And we, uh, we spoke with true criminals. And it sounds like Surely. Devil's Jews will never bother us ever again. <laughs> Surely. What do we, what would we like to do with the rest of the day? Um, we were gonna go to the museum, right? Yeah, if you guys want to, I could show I love you around. I museum. Yeah. I'm from a small town, so there's no museum, so I like them. <laughs> well, uh, there's definitely stuff to amaze there. Then I want to see, and he's like poking. He's like poking Chuji's side. Over. <laughs> All right, fine. Okay. I always get what I want. <laughs> Would you all like to visit the Grand Museum of Goka? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, is, uh, is Lolo still an old man, or is he? Yes, he's, back he's still an old man. He's he's decided that this is how he's going to be all day, though. <laughs> well, he's not really thinking about. it, I think. Do you guys transform back? Do you get, make yourselves look normal? Well, I know Senku does, but uh, I think Senku's like, oh, hold on, I don't look cute enough. (laughs) (laughs) And he, like, waves his staff around. He spins it, and there's, like, a transformation sequence with, like, lots of pretty magic and sparkles and music or whatever. And then he's, like, sparkly again. Transform! Well done, Senku. Uh, Masami, I assume you switch back to normal as well, drop the robe. Uh, they... The thing is, they swap back to it, um when they were, like, walking through the underground. And then as they uh, pass through crowds, like, 
when they get out of phase, they're still in that form, but as they like mm -hmm. pass through the crowds, they slowly transform back. Okay. So when they pop out like in the free free area, they're just completely fine. Okay. Yeah. And Shuji, you just stop being visible and then restart being visible soon. Exactly. Uh, and Lolo doesn't think about it. Uh, <laughs> but you walk your way towards the Grand Museum of Goka. And as you are approaching, uh, there's lots of uh, dis like lots of posters showing off the Ruby Phoenix Exhibition. Uh, in conjunction with the Pathfinder Society of Goka. Uh, and uh, you stand outside. It is a beautiful museum. Uh, towering pillars and beautiful statues. Uh, and like uh, a huge piece of stained glass. Which uh, kind of resembles a, a jade moon. Uh, kind of shining in the night sky. Um, decorate this, the exterior of this museum. And as Zola's outside he goes. Well this is it. This is the place where the tale of the Ruby Phoenix first started hundreds of years ago. Wow! It was in this very museum a long, long time ago that she burned in a horrible fire, and from those ashes she was reborn as the sorceress we know and love today. It seems that this exhibition has something to do with the Pathfinder Society. Weren't they the ones who won last time, friend Chuji? Well, this seems wonderful, and your own mother helping organize it. Yeah. <laughs> that seems quite nice of her to to give you something like this, wouldn't you say? It's so nice. I'm glad you agree. Shall we enter? Yeah. Lolo's just hitting every nail on the coffin <laughs> all the way in. Yeah. <laughs> he, he doesn't understand. Um, Masami, you got that nat 20 procession before. You can tell there's something going on with Chuji, and you don't know what's up, but nothing great. I think they say they hear everything that Lolo said, Chuji's interaction with what Lolo said, and just go, parental issues. Got it. <laughs> Dice will roll will return after these messages. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. burrowcom slash ACAST. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. 
For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. We now return to Dice Will Roll. Well, you make your way into the museum. And you know what? It is nice. You follow the signs and make your way towards the Ruby Phoenix exhibition. And there's like a lot of stuff in here, like immediately. And a lot of people as well. Like crowds upon crowds of strangers, yes. But as you're looking around, there are some people that you notice and you recognize. You know? Um, specifically, uh, there's a few members of the sponsors who are kind of milling around. Um, in fact, it looks like you actually, as you're watching, uh, it looks like all of them are here. Hmm. Which is a surprise. You seem to have dropped in at a really opportune time. Hmm. Um, off observing some of the, uh, paintings nearby, uh, you see Tino's toughest. Uh, Tino Tung and, uh, Gig the Big Goblin are, uh, kind of, are kind of, like, uh, ooing and eyeing at a painting of the Ruby Phoenix as she seems to be, like, holding up a giant, uh, world above her hands. Um, Malako, meanwhile, is, uh, staring at a book behind a glass, uh, case in awe. And, uh, Zumi Ran is, uh, you know, just kind of flowing through the crowds, uh, getting to know everyone. But, Chuji, someone who catches your eye specifically... Mm-hmm. Is Liang Shen. Mm. But there's no sign of the rest of his team. Oh. He seems to be almost wandering like a ghost. Keeping an eye on all the artifacts here. Huh. As you guys enter though, you can see uh, that the main... Like, everything here is about the Ruby Phoenix herself, you know? Um, there are paintings of her works on the walls... Uh, there's um, depictions of things she's done, but uh, perhaps most impressively, all through this hall, there are glass cases showing replicas of some of the many, many treasures that the Ruby Phoenix has inside her uh, repository. Things that you guys could win if you, you know, won the tournament. (laughs) Ooh... And lastly, filling through the crowd is uh, one uh, Shi Li Hua. Um, she seems to be uh, speaking very graciously with uh, some of the sponsors. Um, and I don't think she has noticed you, Chuji, yet. Mm-hmm. So, um, welcome, everyone to the Grand Gokan Museum. It looks like there, everyone is gathered here for an event, but um, that event has not started yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, you all have two influence rounds with the nobility here, but while this is all happening, you can also all uh, visit some of the uh, artifacts and learn stuff about uh, the many treasures that the Ruby Phoenix has collected over her time. I don't know how much Shuji's going to be doing because they... Or how much talking to anyone they're going to be doing because they do not seem to be in a good mood at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you rather just observe the artifacts? Yeah, for now. Okay. We can Shuji have goes you... to see their favorite. 
Yeah, which one's your favorite? Uh, what's, like, the most, like, bloodied, like, history one? <laughs> oh, it's, the, the one with the most gruesome history has to be the Clockwork Spell Engine. Probably that, yeah. So we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Mm. Um, Masami and Sanku, do either of you want to sneak to sponsors? Do you want to accompany Chuji and look at the treasures? What's the plan? Mm, I think Senku is planning on talking to sponsors. Um, both just because it's what he likes to do. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't think he's like not looking at stuff. I just think that he's looking at stuff with the like intention of finding people to speak to about it at them. I'm not sure who he's talking to yet, though. Okay. Well, all the sponsors are here, so it could be anyone. What about you, Masami? I think Masami might be, like, half watching the um, the artifacts, but also looking at the sponsors to see who they can talk to. Uh, well, every single one of them is here, so you really could just jump any of them and be like, Hi, it's me. There's also Tino's toughest. Smile. Um, I think Masami's just gonna talk to sponsors then. Which one? I'm not sure, but... Okay. Well, we can we can come to you uh, and Sanku at the end. Let's go on a tour with Chuji to set up the uh, feel of the museum, shall we? <laughs> okay. Let's go. So, Chuji, you start exploring, and there's so, so many artifacts. All of these items are level 20 at the lowest. Mm-hmm. You pass by a deck of many things, a set of cards which each has a world-changing effect when you pull them. There's an orb of dragonkind, a a set of one of 12 orbs or so, each of which is able to control a specific type of dragon with zero resistance. You could amass an army of dragons if you misused one of these. Um, But as you're kind of strolling, you look at some of the more famous and unique of the items. The Clockwork Spell Engine. That's your favorite, right? That's the one you like from the picture books? Yeah. It is a massive robotic machine. Um, it almost looks like a battering ram, but like a fa- like it is painted to make it look like it is active with glowing ley lines traveling all over it. Um, this machine was uh, retrieved from the clicking caverns under Nagajor, which are essentially a huge pocket of the Darklands under Nagajor, the uh, the nation of Naga. Mm -hmm. And um, apparently this was used by Haojin in several legendary battles, which uh, basically helped decide the future of Tiansha at the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, With enough calibration, the machine is supposedly capable of casting powerful spells all on its own. I'm talking, you wind this thing up, it'll cast Wish or Miracle or whatever alongside you in combat. Damn. Um, alongside it, though, you uh, still kind of look. Uh, there is a powerful um, bow. The legendary sky-piercing bow. Uh, it was uh, crafted in northern Arcadia. And uh, it has the ability to summon rain in times of drought. The legendary longbow can split the sky and let its wielder travel as swiftly as an arrow. Um, you remember the story behind this. How Jin won it in a contest when she used a cantrip to split an arrow shot from the bow in midair. 
Um, you find Hao Jin's personal amulet of the plains, uh, which look like a jade crescent moon on a chain of ruby beads. It is said to be flawless in accuracy, delivering the wielder unerringly to where they need to go, though not necessarily where they want to go. <laughs> and uh, perhaps one of the most exceptional of these items. It's the biggest thing in this whole hall. The Solar Jian. A magical airship of exceptional make, with two parallel hulls and half a dozen wings, said to have been given flight by the spirits of two sacred birds called Pengs. Although no one knows who built the original massive flying machine, it you know that it has spawned a few imitators, including the audaciously named Solar Jian too, uh, built by the uh, Gokabe Soran family and presented at the celebratory parade following each Ruby Phoenix tournament for the past two centuries. <laughs> but no one's ever claimed the original Solar Jian. As you're kind of wondering, you know, you could have any of these if you won the tournament. <laughs> you pass by the indestructible August Dilemna, a shield that uh, Haojin won from a centaur hero god in Ibildos, that's fancy Greece. And you stop at a particularly humble item. The Celestial Peach. And uh, I think the reason that you stop here is because you're not alone uh, looking at this thing. Mm -hmm. uh, standing behind it is Liang Shen. And he kind of looks up at you and um, he almost looks annoyed for a second. Like, how dare you also be looking at this thing I'm looking at in a public place? <laughs> but he kind of sighs, and he says, Don't talk to me unless you're in my tax bracket. <laughs> <laughs> Master Shi, it's wonderful to see you. He says with tight lips. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it. Hey, Shen. He, he winces when you come down and says, Going for first name basis, are we? You don't find that overly familiar? <laughs> um, maybe. Feels weird to call you Liang. I don't know. I called you she. Call me Chuji. Well, Chuji. Are you interested in winning anything from this? These artifacts? What is it that drove you to fight in the Ruby Phoenix tournament? There must be something you want. Um... What, are you going to rub it in my face and say I'm not going to win it? <laughs> Maybe it's some hours a day, but not now. Um. <laughs> Between you and me, I actually don't know what I would take. Why the hell did you come here? <laughs> he, he seems almost shocked that you did not come here for a reward. Winning would be enough for me? I mean, <laughs> I, I'll take something. But I, I've been studying Hao Jin all my life and all of her artifacts that she has, and I don't know if I could make that decision. He doesn't say anything. He's just, like, looking at this peach. And there's something about the way he's looking at Chuji that makes you wonder, because you know what the Celestial Peach's story is. Yeah. 
Among Haojin's most precious treasures are tree living plants, the last surviving celestial peach trees taken from the mountains of Chuye. One of the trees grows pearls in place of flowers, but the other two bear fruit, and that, those are far more valuable. Because eating one of the celestial peaches will cure any injury, any disease, even bring back the dead. And he, the way he's looking at it is, um... I don't know how to explain his expression, but it's not the asshole, um, bitch boy dance man that you've come to know and hate over the last few weeks. Hmm. Um. Chudi looks at it and back at him, uh, and kind of quirks an eyebrow. They're like, um... Is this your choice? He raises his uh, head to look at you, and he almost looks offended. And he says, "No, I mean it's a cool one. I'm just asking. <laughs> you know what, what it does, does it... right?" Yes, I know what the celestial peach does. What does it matter to you? Hey, what did it matter to you about what I was picking? <laughs> he folds his arms. <laughs> <laughs> no, would he come back? <laughs> We're trading information here, man. I mean, hey, if you want to be stingy, you know, tell me. No, it... Yes, it's important to me that I win this. Hmm. I don't fight for glory. I fight for this. Are you sick? Do I look sick, Shuji? Yes. Fuck you. <laughs> he, like, the way it leaves his mouth... He, it was like he, like, nearly had to fight with himself to say it for a moment. <laughs> no, I'm not sick. And frankly, I'd rather not uh, d- discuss any more of that. Sure, your choice. Um, Probably one of the better choices in this whole selection. Do you want to make me a... I think Chuji can guess what he's... What he needs with it. No, no. I'm more talking a diplomacy check. Oh, okay. Um, I know your diplomacy isn't particularly good. No, it's a flat check. Do you want to make it anyway? <laughs> sure. <laughs> what did you roll? It's a five. A five? Well, he smiles at you like he's a little pitiful. Like he's he, he pities you for trying to comfort him. Oh my god. He oh. just kind of pats your shoulder a little bit like, thanks, man. Um, and he <laughs> looks around and says, Well, since you're the Ruby Phoenix super fan, what else is there here? Juji uh, kind of pauses and uh, uh, they're like, Sure. Wait, is it that obvious? Oh no, uh, I just heard. I love gossip. From who? What? Uh, who are you gossiping about me with? <laughs> well, if you must know, uh, he kind of like rolls his head a little bit. 
I was speaking to um, Tino from Tino's Toughness, and he said that he heard from uh, artists of Biting Roses that artists had spoken with um, Bjorn Ramel, who said that he was there at a dinner uh, that you had with the uh, some of the sponsors yesterday, and he said that you spoke at length about the Ruby Phoenix. Uh, Chudy's a little bit bluer than usual. <laughs> uh, I... Yeah, I... Whatever, come on, I'll show you around. <laughs> he, he whips out the fan and, like, like hides his smile behind it. And he walks with you. Um, it... It's... Chuji almost kind of looks natural, showing someone around. I just want to point that out. Like it's something you've been doing for a long time? Literally, since childhood. Hmm. And like a passing ship... Shili Hua passes you, and neither of you see each other. Sanku, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired, and I can't sleep inside your bag. You can just turn back into a dragon. Not You're in public. Is... I'll blow my disguise. You don't need to be disguised anymore. But what if someone sees us? We don't need to do that anymore. We don't need to do that anymore. Lolo, we're out of the underground here. Fine. We're out of the underground. Shut up. You've known that we have. There's some people nearby who are like, what? <laughs> just, 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 Masami goes behind him and goes, transform back, old man. Fine. No one appreciates my cool magic. I love your cool magic. He turns back into a dragon and scampers into your bag, Sanku, and you hear literally moments there. He's so spoiled. Thank you, there are some times, I swear to God, where I will wring his neck. Hey. I would just come back the next day like foam on the sea. <laughs> he is so spoiled. <sighs> anyway. Yes, he is. Bastard. <laughs> uh, so, would you like to uh, try speak to anyone? Sure. Uh, so, to remind you, you almost have Kumai Shai maxed out. Shai Zia, uh, um, the um, patron of the arts, is uh, happily chatting with some people as she points to a painting. Uh, she currently has one point. Uh, General Kasuhida is admiring a beautiful marble katana. Um, he also has one point. And Lady Malaka Tao is just gushing to a crowd of students. Uh, about the Ruby Phoenix, and she has one point two. Uh, the only people, uh, person who has uh, no points right now, is uh, Lord Aldenar Unmar, the alchemist uh, mogul, who um, Shen has said is not worth your time. But hey, he might be. Uh, who do you guys want to try speak to? Um, I think that maxing out uh, Lady Q my shy it would probably be a good idea. I don't want to just leave her at like. 90%. You know what I mean? Okay. Do you want to go approach her and uh, try speak to her? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so, Sanku, you make your way up to her. And uh, she is uh, currently um, looking over some, uh, like, artifacts having to do with mounts. Um, okay. Like a cool saddle that has uh, that seems to be able to tame any animal it's put on, no matter how wild. Uh, in Whoa. the model, it's of a fucking, um, been attached to a yeti, uh, oh, crap. which is fascinating. 
Um, it and is. And she's looking at it, and she notes you coming over, Sanku, and says, I almost find it sad, don't you think? Hmm? What's sad? Well, this specifically. The oh. idea of being able to tame any creature with no time at all. Don't you find that that takes away the relationship between mount and rider? Yeah, I think so. This I think I'd rather be real friends with a mount. <laughs> this art is also especially outdated because I'm not sure when it was painted, but yet yetis are people. Yetis, uh... like, can speak and stuff. They weren't, like, people I assume didn't know that at the time, but, like, they're not they're not like apes. They're, they can think. They can talk. Oh, that's that. <laughs> so he makes a face. He's like, yeah, that's a little outdated. That, that's a little bit. Uh, do you want to try roll me just two dragon lore checks to chat away with her? Dragon lore one. Okay. Um, well, both those are successes. And Sanku... You, uh, as you speak to her, uh, for, I think, about an hour, you have successfully maxed out Lady Kumaishai. She will give you the maximum bid she can. So whatever, when the auction comes around and she bids on you guys uh, to decide which of you she wants to sponsor, she will give you as much as she can. (laughs) And uh, I think as she's taking you around... Uh, she brings you to a, um, I think she takes you to, uh, something that's kind of fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not really in the Ruby Phoenix, uh, part of the museum at all. It's actually in a, uh, exhibit ab- all about kaijus. Ooh. And, uh, she brings you, and there's a huge mural. Uh-huh. And it depicts King Mogaru. Ooh. Um, and it's him locked in a desperate fight with a uh, another kaiju. Um, which is this weird otherworldly creature. Um, it's like a... It almost looks... I guess the best way of describing it is it looks like... A massive angel from Evangelion. Okay. Um, it's got this white skeleton, but then uh, beneath it, uh, like kind of encompassing it, is this weird ectoplasmic glow, and there are like black thunderclouds trailing from its empty eye sockets. It looks kind of like um, it's humanoid-ish, you know, but like mm-hmm. it doesn't have like a neck. It doesn't. It, it is very much so a weird alien-looking creature. And King Mogaru, of course, is this 140-foot-tall, 20,000-ton beast. Um, it has red scales and two tails. Um, it's 300 feet long from nose to tail. Uh, and it has, like, glowing eyes, and it's blasting a laser from its mouth. You know? And um, she, I think she kind of, like, stands here as she's watching it with you and says, Do you know, I find that King Mogaru, of all draconic creatures, even though technically he is not a dragon himself, is probably one of the most misunderstood. Oh, yeah? Well, what do you know about King Mogaru? 
I know that he's big. <laughs> he is quite uh, large, yes. And uh, and I know that he like destroyed or like wrecked Danger Island. But that's kind of all I really know. You make it sound like he intended to do so. I'm not trying to make it sound like he int- I don't know anything about, about him, really. Well, essentially, Mugaru... Bunmu was ravaged by Mugaru, but it wasn't just by him. This depiction you see on the wall in front of you is of his of the jewel which destroyed Bunmu. But if anything, I would say that Bunmu was mostly just caught in the crossfire. It wasn't like he rampaged through it and attacked for no reason. He attacked because well, his territory was invaded by that Agmazar, the Star Titan. Do you know about Agmazar? Um, no, I don't. Well, so this is fascinating. This is some deep lore, as it were. Mm-hmm. The shifting of plates that caused the land bridge between Danger Island and the Valashmai jungle in a, a few hundred years ago. That was not a natural occurrence. Oh? It was caused by a meteor hitting Golarion. But not just any meteor. A kaiju. What? Agmazar. It was created by an alien race, the Versites. It was their weapon against the undead uh, inhabitants of the planet Eox. What? This is true. You can read it. It's all here. She points at the information book, uh, information plates all over the place. Seku is reading them. He's like, whoa! Agnazar's victories against these invaders were such that its masters decided to launch it directly at their enemy homeworld. Yeah, a, a cult of Eoxian liches averted this attack by conjuring an interplanetary portal and redirecting Agmazar to Golarion. Ooh. Agmazar was an undead monstrosity, and it's thanks to his negative rays that there are so many undead on Bunmu. Oh. King Mogaru himself rose up from the Valashmai jungle, from where he was slumbering, to fight Agmazar. And it was in this clash that Bunmu was destroyed. But he won, and had he not slain Agmazar, well, chances are that Golarion would be a much less safe place. I see. We don't know much about Mogaru, other than the fact that he is a 150-foot-tall dinosaur, and he can shoot lasers, and he uh, can be swayed from violence by music. But what I know is that he isn't a evil creature. He's just a force of nature. Yeah. And I, I think that's how I see many dragons, as forces of nature. I just think dragons are really cool. <laughs> I agree. And uh, you have maxed out your your friendship with uh, Q. I honestly think you and Q are friends. I think you two I, are I think they're I think they're regular friends now, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Uh, Masami, as you are uh, patrolling... Uh, is there anyone that you'd like to talk to? You can have up to two rounds of influence. Um, I mean, we only have a week, so we don't really have to talk to everybody. Mm-mm, you don't. I think just picking a few people to try and max out is a really good idea. Mm-hmm. 
then I think for the first round of influence, Nasami's going to talk to Kaso Hira. Okay. You make your way over to Kaso. Yes. Uh, and he is observing a replica of a tapestry. And uh, he looks over at you and says, Ah, Takahara. And he offers a hand. Uh, Masami uh, uh, takes the handshake and goes, Good to see you here, sir. Well, I couldn't miss the Pathfinder event. I'm surprised uh, that more people didn't show up, honestly. He says in a very crowded museum. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a line on the outside is probably wouldn't have been a surprising thing to see. Um, so, are you enjoying the exhibit? Well, I'm just totally impressed. And he kind of gestures around to everything. Even with 300 years, don't you think it's incredible that someone was able to do all of this on their own? Yeah. How? One must wonder. <laughs> Lady Haojin must surely have had the most impressive of teachers because something like this I mean, she's the stuff of legends for a reason, wouldn't you agree? <laughs> You're not wrong about that. Uh, and I think he turns and he smiles, and I think he's just going to kind of walk and talk with you for a while. Mm-hmm. Do you want to make me a warfare lore check? Or I... whatever check you'd like to make. <laughs> okay, so I was about to say, I don't got that. Yeah, um... you don't got that. Um, but you could roll uh, warfare lore, or athletics, diplomacy, deception, or intimidation. Um, You said athletics was one of them? Yep. Okay, let's go with that one. So what do you discuss with him as you're looking around this museum? Um, they probably discuss, like, similar things to uh, what they discussed earlier. Um, like, battle tactics, but including, like, some of the artifacts that are here. I, I think he he smiles. And uh, he, he stops at uh, one of the uh, artifacts, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, he stops at the sky-piercing bow. And he smiles at you and says, Now what do you make of this? Sky piercing bow. Um, Apparently from Arcadia, with the power to burst uh, clouds and cause rainfall in times of drought. Hmm. Well, um, rain is a good use of cover, good use for <laughs> clo- for uh, closing tracks. Um, also could be used in a healthful situation if a famine is... Famine and or drought is ravaging an area. You could just use that and call upon any any clouds whatsoever. Um, I, I think that gets his eyebrow raised and he smiles as And so you've passed my test. Huh? <laughs> what good is a is an army, Masami, if it can't do good by its people? That is also true. I am of a school that says that. Might is not the only thing that makes right. You must lay the foundations for the future, otherwise you're simply indulging in everlasting war, and that's no good for anyone, except for the rich and powerful, of course. Thank you. But not everyone's rich and powerful. Thank you! (laughs) He he looks at you and says, I mentioned before, but I wasn't born into wealth. Yeah, you said that we were a little similar. We were fighters from the streets. So many people, when they get to my level, I think they forget where they came from. It well, breaks my heart, honestly. Do you want to make me a perception check? Okay. 
Masami's all about to say, well, when you're given power, sometimes you tend to forget a lot of things. So, wow, what is it with eights today? Uh, 31? Masami, you notice his gaze is slowly drifting somewhere in the crowd. <laughs> you don't know where to exactly, I say, with a giant pointer circling around Aldenar Unmar. Oh, man. <laughs> Masami doesn't know whether to say anything about that. <laughs> nice divorce, dude. Well done. <laughs> you did real good in that divorce. So epic divorce, man, dude. Sounds rough, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but he turns back to you and he smiles and says, It's good to know that someone even at this level of martial prowess still remembers that taking care of others is ultimately the goal of the strong. Not conquest or bloody warfare, but achieving a sustainable peace. After all, we only have a shot at this life, so might as well stay happy, right? Mm, unless you're an uh, immortal ruby phoenix sorcerer. <laughs> well, in that case, you try to make happiness where you can. Yes, quite. And I think he grins. Um, do you want to make another check against him, or do you want to talk to someone else? Oh, I... Because I will let that roleplay have counted as, a, as enough to charm him into another check. Uh, okay, uh, I was originally going to go for somebody else, but... You could, you could, but you definitely seem to have greased his wheels, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, then let's not stop the train now, let's keep going. Okay, so you will have a plus two on this check because you have uh, hit his weakness. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Masami, you seem to be making very good friends with Mr. Hida. He seems Woo! to really appreciate uh, your honesty and your ideals, you know? Honesty, with it's plus 23 deception. Yeah. <laughs> Honesty when it counts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Chuji, do you try to speak to any of the sponsors, or are you just uh, maxing out your bond with Shen? Absolutely maxing. Okay. Right. Gay boy. <laughs> um, so I think after some time, Shi uh, Li Hua, your mom, uh, speaks up, and uh, she speaks with a magically enhanced voice that everyone can hear as if she were close. Uh, she stands on a podium and says, Everyone, the main event is about to begin. I present to you our guests for the exhibition tonight. And she uh, kind of bows, and two figures uh, step out from the shadows. Um, the first one is a woman. Uh, she is... She's beautiful. Um, middle-aged, uh, with long flowing black hair, um, black lipstick, and, um, wine robes, which are very formal. But, um, her hair is kind of, uh, held together in a bun by two daggers. Ceremonial, of course, but they could probably still be used. Hmm. And, um, stepping up beside her is a hobgoblin. Um, they are, uh, tall and gangly, as many hobgoblins are. Uh, they have blue skin, uh, owing apparently to the sylph heritage that they have, uh, which you can tell because there are kind of clouds materializing and dematerializing near them. Um, red eyes and uh, kind of beautiful blue robes. But uh, in their hands are a is a massive fucking gun. Okay. Like a rifle, you know? Um, which is decked out with runes and whatever. Damn, alright. Um, and this hobgoblin, uh, they kind of adjust their glasses, uh, which are two kind of like, um, pince-nez, you know, uh, but they are golden shades. 
and Shuji, where you are, you you practically piss your pants immediately. Yeah. Because you know both of these people, and they are both very important to you personally. Mm-hmm. The first is Venture Captain Amara Lee, the head of the Pathfinder Society in Tiansha. Basically, the uh, leader of all Pathfinders in the Lantern Lodge faction of the society. Holy shit. But then standing next to her, uh, to her is the Hobgoblin Sylph, Vortanu, winner of the previous Ruby Phoenix tournament. <laughs> and uh, Amara Lee smiles at everyone and uh, speaks, uh, her voice also magically enhanced. And uh, she says, Greetings, everyone! Thank you all so much for coming to the, this exhibition, funded in part by the Pathfinder Society. I present to you today, Vortanu, member of the winning team of the 29th Ruby Phoenix Tournament, uh, the Lodgers of the Lantern. And uh, Vortanu steps forward, and um, they kind of smile and speak and say, Esteemed guests, I hope you've enjoyed our selections from the Pathfinder Chronicles. It is rare that we have an opportunity to meet among us adventurers as storied as the Ruby Phoenix Tournament victors. Before you leave today, we at the Pathfinder Society have but one favor to ask of you. If you enjoyed what you read, we ask that you add your own stories to our records. Please, Approach the stage and tell us whatever you would like about your life. Uh, Captain Lee here will carefully record the tales of your adventures for posterity. I hope you will honor us with the choicest regalements before your departure. If any, uh, Before any of you have the chance to, though, Tino stands up. <sighs> and he kind of, like, makes his way past you guys and... Sorry, excuse me, sorry. Uh, hi! Hello! Um, my, my name's Tino Tung, and I'm a member of the finalists of the Ruby Phoenix Tournament. And, um, uh, Li Hua looks happy. Um, Vortanu looks mildly impressed. And, uh, Venture Captain Amara Lee says, Step forward, Tino, and, uh, tell us your tale. And, uh, Tino gets up. And, uh, he says, So, uh, hey, everyone! Um, I'm Tino! Uh, Tino Tung, I'm uh, I'm leader of Tino's Telfest, and uh, I I gotta say I'm I don't think any of us ever expected to get up here. Um, I, I'm with my team here, um, the, Malako, uh, Gig, and Zumi Ran, and uh, to be honest, they're the best friends I could have ever asked for. Um, d- let me tell you about myself. Um, I I've not, I've not always really been an adventurer, you know. Um, I'm a paladin of Aurori, but mostly I took care of my own family. You know, I've, I've got kids back home. Uh, I've got a wife who I love very much. And, uh, you know, I, I just thought I'd stay at the monastery for life, but, um... Yeah, yeah, a few years back, um, something happened. Uh, my, my brother, um, my brother Filu... Uh, he he was the adventuring type. He he was always kind of like uh, the type of guy to 
to take adventuring, like to to to, to find fun in everything he did. Um, he 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 was a swordsman. He would go out and inspire people. He'd bring back treasures from his many journeys, and um, you know, it was it was his dream to actually fight in the Ruby Phoenix tournament. You know, he died a few years back. Um, got sick. And, um, sorry. He actually, sorry, I'm tearing up. Holy shit. <laughs> I'm good. <clears throat> he, he takes a second. Fila was a good man. Braver than me, smarter, smarter than me, and stronger than me too. Uh, if, I'm just saying, if Fu Tong were here instead of me, he, he'd be the top contender right now, you know? My, my kids, they love Uncle Filu and... Man, I, I think everyone back home did. When I when I heard there was like a, another tournament coming up, I, I didn't want to be I didn't want to be alone back home thinking about how Filu should have been there. And I, I got some buddies that I've met around, you know. Malako is my best friend since I was a kid. And um Zumi, uh she actually tried the way we met, she tried to rob us once. Um, and me and her got into a fight and uh, Malako just kind of watched and commented on it and like you know read out our attacks as we were doing it and you know at the end we decided we just wanted to keep journeying together and uh, Gig here we actually met Gig and Chu Ye and have you ever been to Chu Ye? it's a uh, you know former state of Imperial Lunghua but then so is half of Tiansha it's a nation ruled by Onis and uh Gig's not too different from me. She she had a a whole clan of goblins that she was in charge of. You know. Until Noni ate them. So, uh, you know, she wanted to prove that she was strong, and I wanted to prove I was strong, and Malako and Zumi, you know, they know they're strong, but we dragged them along because we wanted to have as good a chance as we got. Honestly, I thought even just getting to Bun Mu would be enough. But, uh, I don't know. It, it kind of means a lot to me, you guys, that we even got this far. We know we're not going to win the tournament. We're not. It's a fluke we even got here. But hey, I... I just hope, you know... I just hope that wherever... Wherever Filu is now... He's smiling down on old Tino, you know? Yeah. So, uh, hey. Get, get out there and do your best, everyone, you know? And I think... Uh, he kind of nods at uh, Amara, who was writing all this down, and he steps down. And he makes his way, and I think uh, his team come up to him and kind of pat him on the back a little bit. You can see he's a little emotional. Mm. And uh, any of you... Any of you who would like to go up, uh, you can... Any story, whether it's true or not... Um, can go up there and just tell us what you're thinking. I think she, uh, Chuji, you had exchange a look with Shen, and Shen is not fucking going up there. Yeah, neither is Chuji. <laughs> they exchange a look of fuck now, actually. <laughs> the two of you, like, glance at each other and then go back to looking at artifacts. <laughs> uh, Masami or Sanku, do either of you want to go up? Look at Masami and tell me that there's someone who wants to be on stage. <laughs> <laughs> Sanku, do you want to talk? <laughs> 
yeah, I think Senku sort of uh, waits to see if anybody else goes up for a second. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, okay. Um, and he sort of is like, uh, excuse me, uh, to to Lady Q, my shy. And she um, smiles and breaks think- you off. I think he goes up on stage and he's like, um, hi. Uh, Amara Lee smiles at you and says, Senku, which Prince of the Sea, correct? Mm-hmm. And uh, Vortana says, well, no time like the present. Go ahead, witch prince. Tell the people your tale. What is it exactly? Hi, um, I'm Senku, witch prince of the sea, and I'm in the Radiant Winds with my friends Masami and Chuji. I, um, I wanted to tell my favorite memory with my best friends. <clears throat> and he he bounces on his heels um, and starts. Um, three years ago, I had my first big adventure with with my friends, um, and I'd done stuff before, uh, but nothing really like this. So we went to this island to help this Tengu lady with researching ley lines, which are these like powerful natural sources of magic energy, and they're super rare, so it was really cool just from the start. She asked us to visit different special areas around the island so that we could reawaken the ley lines to make them easier to study. Um, and there were all sorts of creatures that we met and befriended. Um, like there was a forest full of Kodama uh, that scared some of us at first. Not me. Um, but they were actually pretty friendly, and I like them a lot. I even still summon some today. Or we found a mountain full of griffins that I, I think Masami was able to communicate with. I don't remember how or know how. I don't think that they've ever told us. Um, and even a beach with like a miserable, sad dragon that Chuji really wanted to fight. Um, but we ended up befriending instead. <laughs> we cheered him up. Um, while he's like describing the inhabitants of the island, he like waves his hands around. You know, and talk animatedly. Um, he's trying to like gesture how big whatever creature was or what they looked like, their kind of vibe, you know what I mean. Um, eventually we teamed up together and we met again back at the uh, temple, um, but when we got there the, the ley lines awoke this giant dogu statue and it fought us. <laughs> sort of fiddles with his hands while he's talking. It was a really tough battle, but <laughs> the friends that we made on the island, like the griffins and the kodama, and even that dragon, they ended up coming to help us, and they helped us defeat the statue. Um, and after that, the island really woke up, and the leyline ritual we were helping with was really able to help Lady with her research um, after we succeeded. It was a really, really, really fun adventure. Um, and he looks to Lolo for a second, and, you know, in his bag, making a tiny little smile at him. I really liked doing that. It was my favorite adventure. <laughs> it made me feel really strong for the first time. Back home when I was a kid, um, or like a tween even, I was in five, <laughs> I did little adventures um, because I was already um, the witch prince of the sea. But it was usually just helping out at my village, Belay Village, riding off Grindilo or scaring off the pirates that wanted to steal from us. You know, they wanted fish, we're a fishing village. And my parents always praised me for helping and doing that kind of thing. And I really liked helping. But this 
was really different. It was far away from home. It was literally the furthest I'd ever gone, and the stakes felt higher. It felt real, you know? And it wasn't helping that Belay Village wasn't important. It was really important, and I'll never stop being proud of helping my village and my people. But I'd always wanted to do stuff that made me feel like I was helping save the world, you know? And it felt like a real big step forward for me. <laughs> After that, Masami, Chuji, and I started doing a lot of adventuring away from home, doing bigger and bigger jobs, defeating stronger monsters, and I got stronger and stronger. And I started to really feel grown up, even though I was still 15. <laughs> Senku stands on Sage, and he looks small. He's really only five foot tall, and he's an adult, but he's 18. Not 25, he's 18. And he's been adventuring since he was 15, at least. I really like to think back to this memory. It felt sort of like a fairy tale adventure that I got to live out. <laughs> it was a, there was a really hard battle, and it wasn't super easy, but it felt like it had a, a happy ending. And he sort of puts that in quotes. Um, you know? We were able to help the lady with her research, and we did what we came to do. And everything was okay, and everyone was happy. It's nice to have that kind of memory to look back at. To know that it ends okay sometimes, you know? He rubs his prosthetic arm without thinking about it. He looks a little lost for a moment, but catches himself before it becomes too noticeable, and he beams. Uh, that's, that's my story, though. Um, don't forget, I'm part of the Radiant Wings. Uh, bye. Our merch. I, I, I think I'm pretty sure we have merch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I think the people in the crowd, some of them clap, but, um, yeah, like you said, Sanku looks so small on that little stage. A young man desperately trying to prove that he's much older than he is. Oof. <laughs> uh, Vertainu kind of nods and she says, well done. That was most impressive. And uh, Amara Lee kind of pats you on the back. And uh, Sanku, you kind of get to step down from there. Um, how, what do you guys do? What, what's up as Sanku comes down? Chuji uh, pats uh, Sanku on the back. Uh, and is like, hey, good job. Thanks, I said nobody else going up and I got nervous. <laughs> I fucking wasn't going to go up there, so... <laughs> You're paired with two people that definitely do not like being on the stage, so... <laughs> if you really wanted to be the designated face, you have no choice. Well, I am the cutest, so... <laughs> the littlest, and Chudy, like, grabs his cheeks. I'm not that little. Tiny, I'm tiny. Grown, I'm a grown man. Little man. All right, all right. I know a littler man. It's a good thing the mic didn't pick that up. He's asleep for all of He's still napping? Wow. He's still napping. He's still napping. It, it is pretty late at this point. The stars are starting to rise outside. Is it past 4 p.m.? Yeah, it's like, uh, it's like 9. Whoa. Like, you guys spent some time in this fucking museum talking to people. 
Should we head out? Yeah, you can pick something up to eat on the way back home. Oh, please, we haven't eaten all day. Cool. Uh, give me one second, actually. Alright. Okay! Uh, Chuji does two things. Okay, what's Chuji do? Um, when 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 Chuji's left, um, Senku leans over and is like, "Is he gonna? To, is he gonna like talk to his mom?" Ah, uh, maybe, maybe it's possible, but it's gonna be a very short conversation if that happens. <laughs> my bet is that he's gonna talk to Shen. My bet is that they're gonna talk to Shen. Oh well, um, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> so what's the? Uh, 2G, uh, <laughs> 2G proves you immediately right and goes up to Shen. Um, wherever he is standing. Yeah, he's, he's back to looking at more artifacts. He almost uh, was surprised that you came back. He's like, oh, you again? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I... We should fight sometime. She blinks at you. Was my, was I so unpleasant to be around that you had to threaten to hit me? No, I mean, like, I... Back on Danger Island, I saw you fighting, and I was really interested in seeing more. He folds his arms at you and says, Well, then I bet and guess you better do well in the tournament. I think he kind of flicks some of your hair, uh, Chuji, like pushing it past your ear, you know? And it's like <laughs> almost, it's like surprisingly familiar for someone who's been uh -huh. so distant and cold this entire time. And he says, Well, I have a feeling you will. You've got something to you. Uh, thanks. Um, yeah. Bye, see you. Goes Fucking back to looking at uh, the artifacts like it's nothing. Chuji <laughs> needs a second after that. Um, Chuji then proves the other one of you right and goes immediately towards our mother. <laughs> okay. I think Li Hua is kind of like walking around, and uh, when she sees you approaching, she smiles and says, Chuji, hello. Hi, Mom. I'm um, glad you could make it. I didn't see you until, you know, I saw your friend Sanku get on stage. Yeah, uh, we've been here for a while. You didn't introduce yourself. I just wanted to say that this exhibit's really nice. Thank you. That means a lot, Chuji. <laughs> Maybe it's silly, but I actually made it for you, in a roundabout way. Wait, what? I wasn't sure how the pre-qualifiers of Danger Island would go. I wasn't even sure you'd get into them in the first place. When you said that you were interested in, when you said you were interested in the fighting tournament, well, I didn't want you to be disappointed if it didn't work out. So I started preparing all of this. So if it didn't work, You'd have something special to do during the 30th Ruby Phoenix tournament, and you'd be able to meet Hao Jin. But I suppose that wasn't necessary, was it? You were able to prove yourself one of the strongest fighters of all time. 
All on your own. They look a little embarrassed. A lot embarrassed, actually. What's going through Chudi's mind right now? They kind of feel stupid for being mad about the exhibit. <laughs> but she did just admit to kind of hoping that you would lose. Yeah, that too. Thank you, Mom. I'm glad you're able to experience it one way or another. I, I had hoped to tell you when you arrived, but, um, well, you were so busy and I didn't want to bother you. No, I... I was surprised you didn't tell me. I would have come right away. Well, you came when it mattered. When the Pathfinder Society was here. Do you remember when you were little and you told me you wanted to join the Pathfinder Society? <laughs> uh, yeah. Then I told you you'd have to follow all these rules and you... <laughs> Didn't want to join it anymore. <laughs> no. I think you found your niche, though. Yeah. I think I have. You two both stand there for a moment before she says, I had better go help Captain Lee if it seems your friends look eager to leave. I don't want to keep you for any longer. Oh, um, yeah, you... Good luck doing that. Um, you, you too, Chuji. Hey, I'm hmm? proud of you. Thanks. Chuji, turn. Yeah. Leaving so much unsaid. Chuji, you join up with Sanku and Masami, each of you holding so many secrets that you're not telling to each other. You leave the museum and face the stars under the late night sky of Goka and make your way home ready to take on another day This episode of Dice Will Roll would not have been possible without the support of our patrons. Dasha Clancy, Ari Graham, Giratina, Nex, Minty Belmont, Anna and Hopi, GP Dora, Lemon Jam Tart, Marshmallowberry, Sarissa, Ferric Falcon, Louis Loza, Ares, Alexander Criswell, Skyly, Blurstellion, Kendra West, Ren, Jinly Tricked, Transgirl Trish, Platonic, Bal Punyon, Johnny the Catman, Matthew Wilson Krasnovich, Tillin Shark, Fearin, Glitch HD, Jace Snooks, Zenith Drums, Josh Heathcote, Torbjorn, Sophia Valera, G Barbera, Luke, Gideon, Sarah B, Seth, Ravona Darklow, Dolore, Kira, Lichelope, Gizmo, Matthew, Cass, Fable Macabuff, Ava, 
Chris Lutman, Rem T. Bright, Lonesome Chunk, Steph, Sean C., Natasha Lumley, Rhiannon C., Ellie, Jenna Mitchell, Kane Kendrick, Triceratops, Grey Kitsune, Anna Maria, Roxy, Jordan, Cynical Spinstress, Emily Laderna, John the Recorder, SS66 Seeker, and Dame Valerie the Turd. Special thanks to the patrons who made cameos in this episode. Liang Shen by Ren, Hitomi of Clan Hasu by Mita, Vortanu by Marshmallow Bear, and Faye by Farin. If you want to see what you can get for helping us keep it rolling, check out patreon.com slash roll today! If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.